Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast with me, Joshua Patterson. I'm passionate about sharing the stories of courage and resilience. Each week, I will be interviewing extraordinary people from all different walks of life who saw past their statistics, who turned personal moments of adversity into strength. My hope is that this podcast can inspire you to step outside of your limits and achieve things you thought never possible. Welcome to Limitless. Before we welcome today's guest, I want to say a massive thank you to the sponsors of today's episode, Sweaty Betty. I launched this podcast to celebrate people's incredible mental and physical strength, which is why it's such a pleasure to work with a brand who champions these moments of success. Helping you to feel your most powerful, Sweaty Betty's products are designed by an all-female team, including their power leggings, which are made from high-stretch fabric, engineered to last and have the ability to motivate you to move and feel strong in your workouts. The Sweaty Betty team also wear test their products themselves, which really makes you realise how passionate they are about building an authentic female activewear brand. So for any female listeners out there who want to check out the brand for themselves, Sweaty Betty are offering 20% off using the code LIMITLESS at sweatybetty.com slash podcasts. They also host hundreds of free workout classes every week in their stores. So definitely worth keeping an eye out on how you can get involved with the Sweaty Betty community. Thank you so much, Sweaty Betty. Today I'm joined by Jada Caesar, a pioneer in plus-size modelling and body confidence in the UK. A woman who thinks outside of the box to bring communities together as one. Jada sees opportunity where others see hurdles. Jada has a passion for people like no other which shines through with her ambassador roles within the UN and Young Minds charity. She empowers youth of today to find the strength and dream bigger. Thank you so much for coming in. I, I, you know, whenever I I get individuals onto the podcast, I love to try and do as much research on them as possible. I thought I had a a pretty successful last couple of years. And then I look at what you've done over the last several years. You've already achieved probably more in the last several years than what most people will do in a lifetime. I mean, you know, when you're kind of slogging away at something and you just don't take time to look back. Yeah. I'm like, no, there's so much more to do. Well, that's why people like me come into it and remind you of what you've done, because it's please correct me if I get any of this wrong. This list is just ridiculous. Jada became the first face of the first ever plus size show during London Fashion Week. And that was back in what, 2014? Mm-hmm. You worked for brands like Nike, ASOS, Vogue, Mango, Women's Health, Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger. And you were the face of L'Oreal Beauty. Mm-hmm. You were on the front cover of Women's Health. Mm. You ran the London Marathon in your underwear. You created the Celebrate You campaign, which got over 900 women joining you to run a 10K in their underwear, which I just think is incredible. You're an ambassador for the Young Minds Mental Health Charity. You have a master's in child psychotherapy. That is remarkable. Like there are so many dimensions to your... to to your being. Like it's, it's actually amazing. And I think the one thing that actually is common in all of this is that you seem to have such a passion for people Mm, yeah I guess I guess the common thread is reminding people of how worthy and resilient they are my whole career has been you know if somebody has said to me this is what you're doing 
10 years ago, I'd be like, hell no, but this is not what I signed up for. And probably would actually not do it because it's been hard work. And, you know, when you summarise it like that, it sounds amazing. But this is like a decade's worth of slogging away at things, knocking on doors and being said, like, you know, no, you, you're too big or you're too small, or you're too this or too that. And you should shrink a little bit. And it's it's been it's been tough. And it's quite nice now to see people catching up. So, you know, 10 years ago, being one of the first plus size models, I would look at maybe four, a handful of girls in New York that were plus size models and thought at that time I was studying my master's and I was working with a lot of young girls with eating disorders. And I just couldn't get my head around why they just couldn't see how beautiful they were. But I felt like the media had a big part to play in that of like making us feel that we had to change in order to become this one this only singular one type of beauty and there was a lot of pressure within that but also it was impossible for so many of us like I'm five foot nine and have always been really quite curvy I'm Turkish and Spanish so it's in my genes and the girls that I was working with you know were really interested in seeing diverse like images Anyway, I started to create content online and it eventually went viral because it was really new. Um, But what's really remarkable now is that 10 years on, diversity is the hot thing. It's like cool to be different. And um, yeah, I think that journey getting there is you just have to kind of retain that integrity somehow of seeing the world the way you want to see it and try and bring people along for the ride, even if it takes them a bit longer to catch up. Do you think where we go wrong, we tend to label things? I think people have a sense of safety when you are given a diagnosis, you know, with mental health and things or a box, because then it's like, okay, I understand it now. Whereas for me, it was my job was never to be a plus size model. I didn't even care about fashion, to be honest. Had the worst style. I was like a tomboy growing up. And it was like, as soon as I got into it, they were like, oh, yeah, you're now a plus size model. I was like, I thought I was just a model. I thought I'm just doing the same job as everyone else. But you then are working in a certain category with certain brands. And I was, you know, not about ever being pigeonholed in any way, because I always believe women can be both and not either or. You can be into fashion and wear makeup, but also be a huge advocate for causes that really matter that have nothing to do with materialistic things and so for me it was like always bringing the two together somehow where you can tap into the like the feminist feminine energy but then also bring in that masculine side which I also think men can do too you don't have to just be this one thing and I think my whole career and the reason why I think I did so well on social media at at that point was because that was my only freedom to really curate the brand and the image I wanted of myself rather than being pigeonholed I think that's the great thing about social media it's kind of democratized how we see the world and also what access we have to brands that's most of my work came from people being like we saw what you do online and we'd love to book you it wasn't because she was just the prettiest girl in the lineup and I got the casting because of that because I would always step in and say I have no motivation to be the most beautiful girl in this room like that's not something I'm striving for and I think that took a lot of pressure off my back especially as a teenager as well what i love is is like sort of the transition in your journey because i think too often people can write somebody off or they can typecast them as that one singular thing like they're just a model and actually if you look at the progression of what you've achieved off the back of it you know the fact that you're quite honest and said that fashion wasn't really like particularly a massive passion of yours but it is a very powerful and a very big 
platform and network, right?、Mm-hmm. If you actually look at the ripple effect of what you've achieved、mm-hmm. from one singular thing, it's incredible. Yeah, I remember. I was like, I had no idea the difference between fast fashion, high fashion, and couture. I was so, you know, I think sometimes being naive is the best thing when you step into new spaces because you're like, I don't know, and people kind of think it's cute and endearing, but actually, I seriously didn't know. And、um, so then it didn't make the ambitions and kind of dreams I had in that space not possible because I didn't shut them down because I hadn't ever known what this industry was even about. And so I think there's a real there is ignorance is bliss in a way because I kind of was just like, no, why shouldn't you put all different kinds of women as or use different kinds of women as beauty models? Why would you not do that? But if I had known the industry and what it was like, and you know how long it takes for change to happen, I might have been like, "This isn't a, a fight I want to take on." But because I was like, "No, I'm going to do it," and I kind of went and bulldozed in and was like, "We got to do it for like it's not just about me; it's for everyone else," which kind of I guess you know fuels that fire a bit more when it's not just about you. Do you feel like it's become more authentic now? I think more and more brands are realizing that people want to just see themselves represented, and so it's now. I think it is becoming a norm because when it isn't, you're going to hear the backlash off of social media. Like, look at Victoria's Secrets. Like, only two years ago was I think the CEO. Don't quote me on this, but said something along the lines of, you know, we are an aspirational brand where people need to look and like want to be like this, and that's why we don't use plus size or transgender models. Now, you know, stocks dropping, falling off. They've had to cancel their catwalk because. Every the backlash that they get just isn't worth it, and it's because the people are talking. Like power to the people, they'll hear about it if it's not, you know, it's not working. You know, feminism couldn't really work without the support of men because essentially they are still at this day and age in the majority of them in positions of power that we, as a woman, need access to. Like that's still the reality, and so I think it's two powers coming together and then you know creating change. Men like. Bringing down the ladder for women to climb up to, and you know they say there's inundated reports about having women in the boardroom adds value to a company and makes a huge difference. I always say like take a look at the five people in your life that you spend the most amount of time with because you are an average of those five people. And if they're not serving you or they're not adding value to your life in some way or not supporting you, get rid of them. Like call it. It's not worth that energy because it's so soul destroying and. Like I have X amount of followers online, and probably about five people that I love that actually know that I could call if I was actually sick and couldn't leave my house, and they would come round in a heartbeat. So it's understanding that those, like being able to recognise what a toxic relationship is, and putting down those boundaries. Like that's brilliant that he called it out because you know if you're a part of a group and sometimes you don't want to feel kicked out of it. You wouldn't say anything, and then you start conforming, and then the way you conform becomes your norm, and then that's just who you are. And actually, I'm like, if I recognise something that's not that doesn't feel right in my gut, I'm like, I don't want to be around that person. And you know, when they say、um, we just flow, like our energy is just like you go with the flow, whatever. It's like believe in that, really trust your energy. Why is it that you went into to doing a masters in in child psychotherapy? Good question. I don't. I don't really. I think I'm just by nature super curious with people. Even as a kid, I would just love hearing people's lives, their stories, how they got there. Like, I would be, you know, any. My dad had a restaurant, and it was at one point like timeouts, like best like breakfast brunch spot, and he would have all these different kind of characters coming in, and I would just sit there and like overhear all these conversations and. 
I like to understand the inner workings of people and kind of get a baseline of what is healthy and what is normal. Um, I guess maybe I grew up in probably what I would say is not a very emotionally articulate family, but they were supportive and, they, you know, I had a great upbringing. But I'm somebody that likes to verbalise what I think and what I feel. And some people aren't very um, in touch with their emotions. I'm very much an empath. Like I feel a lot of things quite deeply and couldn't put words to it. So it's easy to shut it down and say, you know, I get a lot of girls DMing me going like, you know, I feel so shit right now. But you don't feel crap. You probably feel tired and overworked and stressed. And, you know, not being able to articulate that fully, like you said, and maybe it's upbringing that contributes to that, but it kind of stops you from, you know, exploring what that could be like. And so therefore mental health then becomes a thing of, I just need to plough through and get through it. And then you've got all this stuff that you're kind of just pushing down that will come out in other ways eventually, because it always does. And so for me, it's like understanding that and always moving forward in whatever circumstances I'm up against in the healthiest way, rather than just going to um, resorting to defence mechanisms that kick in because that's what I've been wired to do because that's what I've seen as a child. I've always wanted to just do better, I think. Yeah, I guess the ways that we handle these emotions, I think, have always been quite dis destructive. Mm. And I think it seems only now, with the, the power of individuals like yourself, with your voices and the networks that we have and the platforms of social media and the media when they actually decide to be positive is that we're actually educating people on different means. You know, obviously mm. things like fitness has become huge. Yeah. Because in the past, you know, the simple things would be drugs, alcohol, mm. fighting. Mm. Mm. And know. I think with social media, you can take people on that journey with you. So for me, I'm like, I don't have this all figured out. And when I think I got it figured out, I'm like, boom, something else hits me in the face. I don't know. Everyone's going to feel a breakup. Everyone's going to feel heartbreak. Everyone's probably going to experience grief at some point in their life. And these are human things. So it's like, how do we get through them in a human way? Not in a way that we've been socialised to get through it, which could then lead, you know, suicide is one of the biggest killers in men under the age of, what, 45 or something? That's an epidemic. If that was a virus, like the flu, we would have vaccinations coming in left, right and centre. But yet we're not talking about how and why that's happened and so for me I think uh, and that's what I say on my social media is like I don't know but I'm learning and my followers kind of come on that journey of learning and growth with me so that's why I've taken on loads of different random challenges and things because I'm like right if my mind's in the right place I'll figure it out and even if I don't have it figured out then you can come on the journey and see me figure it out Amen to that. See that in you. do you know what it's it's you're right the only way I always say to people the only way you can educate someone is by teaching them right and the only way you can inspire someone is by showing them. And for me, you know, I've spoken openly about my, my battles with, with mental illness, you know, and this is something that, as you said, I'm learning, you know, I, it's something I'll live with my entire life. I'm not ashamed of it. I just know there's going to be stages in my life that will probably trigger certain things, mm. but I work incredibly hard to educate myself and understand myself better to make sure that if it does occur, I know how to deal with it that little bit better. Right. Mm. I, I think again, why, I love what you represent is because so many people resonate with you and you show your mm. truth. And it is something as simple as doing a marathon in your underwear. Something as simple. <laughs> I will not be doing another one. <laughs> I do, but, but, it, but, but that's, you know, it, yeah. it's, it, this is what I mean. It doesn't have to be provocative. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Or aggressive. It I is mean, something it can as. It be like a 10K. Like, yeah. You know. I accidentally fell into that because a friend of mine, Bryony Gordon, who I'd met accidentally over a, a 
table of sports bras and we got talking and she had said she ran a marathon so then I kind of was like wow that's cool isn't that kind of on everyone's bucket list I'd love to do that not knowing like I'm not a runner I didn't even know I just you know marathon those words light up and you're like yeah something cool right and she was like right I'll sign you up and I was like sure let's do this and then I was like oh I actually have to run 20 100 million miles (laughs) did you take the weather into account no, I, did I take anything into account? No. <laughs> Chafing, everyone asked me about that. No, we didn't take that into oh, account. That is hilarious. It was just, yeah, like oh. I didn't even take into account the fact that how much training you'd have to do and how you'd have to eat all the time because you're always hungry and and the right running trainers. There were so many things that you don't. But again, I think I stepped into that as an ignorance is bliss kind of moment of, you know, my mind can take me to places probably my body, I feel like my body can't. So... Let's figure it out. And whatever shows up, you know, you'll figure it out. So 100%. I love that. I love like, you know, I did a two mile swim for the swim serpentine because I'm working on my London Classics medal. And that's doing three big challenges and the marathon and the swim is one of them. And I was like, right, just throw myself in the deep end, literally, and figure it out. And we all have the capability of doing that. It's we just, you know, how often do we put ourselves out of our comfort zone to see how resilient we really are? I remember when we went on Good Morning Britain to talk about it and they were like, you know, you've got all your cellulite on show and you've got all of this and, you know, there's never a flattering picture of you when you run. And I remember just saying, yeah, probably right. But at the end of the day, that's our bodies. The things that I've got going on in my life are so far apart from like lumps and bumps and and also like you said that's who you are so just love every piece of it think of the bigger picture here there are men and women out there doing the most incredibly inspiring and selfless things Mm. but they might have cellulite yeah you know for me the body's just the shell right Mm. it's what's within is the most important Mm. and if that soul is beautiful that to me is the most powerful and valuable thing of all Mm. but unfortunately again i think you know you, you raise these points is that You know, I think the media is massively responsible for this, Mm. you know, and although people critique social media, there are positive values to it. There also is that negative element to it as well. Mm. Do we try and target these children at a much younger age? And do we take into account even things like nursery, although, you know, they're there to care and just make sure the child's having fun and is safe? Do we not need to train those carers to be more specific that, you know, things like Mm. acknowledging the emotions of a child so that we're not suppressing them at that later age, so that when they get to schools, hopefully they are more open-minded and more in tune with their emotion? Yeah, I'm like nodding at everything you're saying right now. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, Your primary caregiver is your family, your secondary caregiver, where often a lot of children spend the majority of their time is in these institutions, whether it's nursery or school. So absolutely. And what are the messages that we're putting out out there doing to the way that they you know are developing and seeing and nurturing their sense of self so everything I post I kind of run it in the back of my head through what my nieces would say because I come from quite a big family and I've got a lot of nieces and nephews of all different varying ages and I often think I could put up just a really posy picture right now and be like look at me look at me and get that validation or I could say look at me and what's the purpose behind it I say my career is like kind of a bit of a Trojan horse because I would like lure people in with a picture that kind of works on Instagram and then have a nice caption underneath of like, how does this make you feel about yourself? So running it by how the how my nieces think has always kept me, you know, on par with like my moral compass and where I want to go with the work that I do. 
when you did that run and what was it 900 women mm. plus came and joined mm. you for the 10k when you're in your underwear with complete strangers you honestly even if you're stressed beyond belief i i truly believe in that moment there is nothing else that you can think about other than the fact that you are stood with eight to 900 other women in your underwear. And I think there's something really valuable about that is that our minds, I think, are just constantly all over the place. We're thinking of 101 things and maybe what it is that you're doing just empowers men or women just to think about that one thing. Yeah, I mean, that was a really powerful moment where when me and Bryony kind of got on stage to sort of, you know, get everyone up and ready and revved up to, you know, kickstart the run, just seeing there was women there that had like, were showing their like postpartum bodies for the first time women that were like showing their self-harm scars for the first time women that had come from far up north and come on down and were like this is so excited that this was the first time that they were there and I think our job then was just to facilitate a, a safe space that was it it wasn't about us yeah I was in my underwear and it was kind of like obviously I'm feeling like ah this is crazy it's cold we're in the middle of the park but it was also not about me at that point. It was about them. And we were the last ones. And we said, we're going to be the last ones there until you're all across the finish line. Amazing. And we did. We ended it with two lovely women who, one of them, her name's uh, Jules. And I always see, like, we should comments on my Instagram. Shout out to you because she's brilliant. She's, yeah, just this really, you know, has a lease for life that I envy. And so it was about them. Yeah, it wasn't about us. Recently, I got back from Sierra Leone just last week with Save the Children. A life-changing experience where... I was speaking to young teenage girls that had, you know, fallen pregnant at the age of like 14, 15, because there was lack of education around contraception. And that's the norm in Sierra Leone. They don't know what to do in those circumstances. There isn't, you know, abortion and like other alternatives aren't options. And not only is that the case, but then they're completely shunned from their communities. So one of the girls was left to sleep on the streets. Um, She had a child you know, in the worst sanitised conditions. Another girl was kicked out of her house. She ended up staying with her auntie. Her auntie made her sleep on the veranda while she carried that child full term. The child then died. So those are the kind of circumstances that you're like, this is happening in real life. These are the kind of things that need to be spoken about and highlighted, like societal norms that aren't healthy and that aren't, you know, that are killing people essentially. And just having those those conversations was so humbling and really grounding. And I guess most of my life, like throughout my educational experience, I was reminded of those kind of what people are like up against. So then you don't take your norm for granted because I think it's really easy to get comfortable and set and, you know, forget that actually there's so much more that's going on around the world that, you know, can really bring you back to, I, I don't know, bring you back home, I guess. So what's real? It's interesting you say that. I grew up on a caravan, like my, we had a caravan, right, in Norfolk. And I grew up in this caravan. And it was like, when you're a kid, it was just like a fairy tale. It mm. was, they were honestly the most basic and the best years of my life. It was so simple, just in this caravan, you'd wake up, you'd go to the beach with your bucket and spade. Mm. There's nothing flashy. There's no five-star resorts, you know, no beautiful snorkeling because the water was pretty murky and freezing pretty much throughout the year. And unfortunately, we sold it. And then I got wrapped up like so many people 
that actually with holidays, how often do we go away to these really fancy resorts? And that's our reality. And it was only recently when I did my challenge, we were going through Scotland and we would, we were in a camper van and staying in these, these, you know, campsites that there were times where I'd come back from, from a day of being in the chair and I'd be sat there and I'd be looking at these families and they had absolutely nothing. Mm. Their cars were beaten up, the caravans they had, you know, I, I don't even know how it was still standing. You know, the tents they had were pretty shabby, but they were so happy with the lives that they had. And I think it's just because they were in that moment, you know, and actually I think you said there is sometimes I think too much choice or too much money mm. can be so detrimental. And actually it's the simplicity in life that actually us British people have, and I don't think we appreciate it or adopt that lifestyle as much as we possibly should. Mm. You know, it seems like the minute we make lots of money, the first thing we want to do is spend lots of money on bigger and better things. Mm. And actually... It's a cycle that you're kind of trapped in yeah. and then you have to maintain that lifestyle. And then you're always comparing up because that's just human nature. You're like, what does, you know, the next door neighbours have? Let's get the bigger boat and the bigger house and the bigger car. And, and you're like, where does it stop? When does it stop? And yeah, I think it's always those experiences are humbling because they just bring you back down, to, literally back down to earth, connecting with people. Like there was no amount of money that I would, you know, trade off for the kind of conversations I have with my sisters and the support and knowing that I can call them up. It's a subconscious settling in my soul, literally, to know that they've got my back, that no amount of money could buy. And I think that's what's important. But also, I think what's really important here is that you're on this podcast today, right? And when I do my research and I really want to understand you, when I actually detailed that list of things that's your legacy, not once did I bring up that something was the biggest paycheck of your life mm. or you're worth this much or you've come from here and you now have a house in this location mm. it's, it's so irrelevant yeah you're right and I think people forget that when you're older and you get to the point where you're on your deathbed and you're talking with your family and friends it's these moments that you reminisce on mm, yeah people remember how you made them feel no one's ever going to yeah. talk about the time you bought a car yeah. I know I know you know to you momentarily it was probably an amazing feeling but the bigger picture actually is and this is what I constantly try and preach to people I got to a point in my life where I realized and I don't know if, if you agree with this that focusing on anything monetary or, 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 or material and based is, is there's no fulfillment maybe temporarily the minute I started to focus my attention on people my life became so fulfilled and it's unlimited fulfillment mm. because there is so much that we can do to this planet. Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of selfish, really, because you're helping other people because you're getting something out of it. But it's helping people. And then it's like enabling them with certain skills to go on and help other people. That is this kind of continuous cycle of like, you know, just perpetuating this like energy of that's like renewing itself constantly that you know like you said buying a car I've bought some you know a nice car before and a nice handbag and can't say I haven't but again it is momentary because you're like oh I've had that little hit and that fix and now I'm over it and that's why you often see people getting into drugs and trying to look for the next fix that will make them feel which is not going to be found there I think, like I said earlier, that social media has really democratised what voices can be heard and you can find anybody talking about pretty much anything and find your tribe that you want to front and back. And I think that with voices that are adding value to this world, you're going to have 
the negative with the positive. And I think, if anything, right now in the time that we're living in, it's just, although it's quite divisive, some people could say, you know, social media has given us louder platforms to say what we want to say, basically. I think that you're going to have both side of the story. And I think people are becoming a bit more aware of fake news and ulterior motives and propaganda and discussions are being had in forums and on Twitter that... um it's, yeah, we're becoming more conscious consumers and questioning things. With something like mental health right now being so topical, what is your personal view on it? How do you think that we can make the change? Obviously, we're so lucky right now that there are so many voices championing it, you know, wanting to make the change. Multiple campaigns, you know, major brands now fronting campaigns wanting to make that change. What, mm. what do you think we can do to try and connect with men and women, I guess, on a different level? Because the reality is, is that suicide is still increasing. Mm. I think I would start by saying take time for you. I think that was one of the, the things that I found quite later on in my late 20s. Like, who am I when I'm by myself? Because that's quite confronting for a lot of people because it's easy to get distracted with hobbies and groups and family and social life and actually never value that time with yourself. Like that's the, what do they say, like the cheesy quote of like, that's the longest relationship you're going to have is the one with yourself, right? So you need to get comfortable in your own presence. And so for me, I'd say start by being present with yourself. Know who you are better than anyone else knows you. Know your triggers, your defence mechanisms, how you're going to respond to difficult situations. And once you've kind of, got that and I'm not saying mastered it because you're going to co constantly grow and evolve but you're comfortable to face whatever it is that's coming up for you I think only then can you really start appreciating who you are in that world and what you have to offer it's like taking stock and I think that I don't know that was really valuable for me just really knowing that I know me better than anyone else and I know how I'm going to show up for me and to kind of compartmentalize that because I think a lot of people are like you know it's easier to almost speak for other people than it is for yourself and stand up for the vulnerable than maybe, you know, I have sometimes been like, you know, I can take on anything. I'm pretty resilient. But I would say, like, look at yourself as having this little inner child that you need to protect. And because we need to have our own backs. You know, when you kind of leave the family, you don't have mum and dad over your shoulder telling you what to do all the time. So how do you look after yourself? Like self-regulation, making sure you've slept and ate enough, all of those things. You need to prioritise. And I think... It's not being, like, self-love can often sound a bit self-indulgent, but it's not. I think it's about just looking after yourself and taking care of that first and then being able to, you know, in, in installing some boundaries and then being able to step out and being like, okay, what have I got going on here? Yeah. Is, is that why you became an ambassador to Young Minds? I always knew I was going to work with children because I just think, thought that you can plant one little seed and it can change the trajectory of their life and I've experienced that as like an auntie with my nieces you know I could say one thing and you can just see them give you that look of hmm she might have a point you know and then they take it with them and then you tell you overhear them say in the playground to their friends and I just always love you know ever since I was 16 I used to work in a youth centre and then at 17 like I would work in like summer school and play centres and then I'd work in nurseries and whilst I was like my first years of modelling I made no money so I was like childminding and doing all these things around young people and I just loved the effect that you could have and just see that, see them run with it, basically. And yeah, I became an ambassador for Young Minds purely because I felt like, where do you learn these skills if you haven't been taught in your family? You know, you, and often not at school. 
you know, PSHE is so limited. So where are those life skills brought into the mix? And so, yeah, that's, I kind of thought like, maybe I could just add my two cents. Mm. And actually a lot of these young boys, girls, young men, young women, you know, they're just lost and they just need to be found, mm, you know? And, yeah. I, and, it, and it's just simple, simple things. Like you said, just, just be present with them. Just let them know mm. that you're there. You're willing to support them in any way possible. Yeah, you're not, you're listening, not just hearing. Exactly. Mm. Is there anything that you want to share with the listeners? Have you got any exciting projects coming up that they should be aware of? Uh, oh God, where to start? So I guess next year there's going to be a lot of campaigns that I'm working with UN Women on, which is all about safety for women, women and young women. So we've just released a campaign all about FGM. Um, you know, I was surprised to find out that in Sierra Leone, over 80% of women had undergone FGM, which is like, it blows my mind like because of all the health implications around it. So it's safety for women. That isn't just about like making sure, you know, you're not like sexually abused in any way it's so much bigger than that it's like changing culture so we've got a few projects coming out with them some i've aligned with a really exciting fitness brand and have some big campaigns coming out with that said brand next year so yeah lots of things Keep it's exciting out. yeah you're oh, just such a wonderful you. ambassador and i just wish you all the best so mm. honestly thank you so much for giving me your time today thank you for having me Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Limitless. This podcast is something I'm so passionate about and would love it if you would let me know your thoughts and opinions by leaving a rating and a review in the comment section. It really helps me to spread the word. If you think this story might resonate with someone you know, then please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes every Thursday where I'll be talking to more inspirational guests who have seen past their limits. Until next time.